Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Pure and Simple Bible Podcast. This is Jonathan Edwards, your host, and I'm thankful for your presence once again. Are you excited? It's the final episode in a mini-series on Proverbs, the beginning of wisdom. It's episode number 138, and the question is, what do you know about the book of Proverbs? Hopefully more than maybe you did when you began listening to this three weeks ago. And this being the third and final episode, we'll answer some of the most compelling questions that we have yet. We ended on a cliffhanger, and that was, how do we interpret the book of Proverbs? And so we wish to begin with that one to better learn how to interpret this book. We also want to think about some of the exceptions for when a proverb doesn't work the way that you think it should. And also, where is Jesus at in all of this? That should be a very important question for any book in the Bible, right? And where can we find the Messiah? Well, we're going to talk about that today and more in the third part of this mini-series called The Beginning of Wisdom in Proverbs. Let's begin, shall we? We need to talk about natural law and general revelation. And people may be a little bit confused by what we mean. But so we're gonna we're gonna move on from Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. And we're gonna talk about this theme of natural law and general revelation in the book of Proverbs. So uh, what would you say to introduce this point? Uh, it sounds complicated, but I think it's pretty simple. Okay. One of the difficulties with studying Proverbs is that it, it seems like it's just talking about everyday occurrences. Where, where is God in all of this? Because it's just talking about mm-hmm. how to live your everyday life. And it's very different to a lot of other books. It doesn't talk about covenants. It doesn't talk about salvation history. It doesn't talk about um, prophecy. So how are we to interpret this? You know, I think a good example is in Proverbs 24, uh, verses uh, 30 through 34. It says, I went by the field of a lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. So the point is, Solomon is looking around and like a wise man, he's looking at the world around him and making observations. And he's seeing that, well, I looked at this lazy man and his property was in ruins and his, his farm wasn't producing. Yeah. <laughs> So how do we square that with the Bible? That's the que- I guess the question, that's the challenge of how we uh, interpret Proverbs. Is it a case where it's more interested in um, natural uh, human wisdom over the revelation of God? Well, I guess I'm, I'm stealing your territory here. You're the ones <laughs> to be asking the questions. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to silently turn my, my Bible to for a, a different question. So please ask an answer. So instead of uh, what we call special revelation, where it's, it's something that you would never know in a million years unless 
God tells you. Like, you could never by yourself determine that baptism is the means by which we must be saved. It took the Word of God to reveal that. But Solomon is able to look at, um, able to look at the uh, natural world and say that laziness brings forth ruin. Um, so to ask my question again, uh, how should we understand Proverbs? Is it promoting human wisdom over the revelation of God? Well, the answer is no. It's absolutely not. Uh, what it's doing is uh, it's saying that God has planted wisdom within creation mm. for humans to discover mm-hmm. through this natural law. God has given us observation skills and a mind to be able to find uh, wisdom in it. Um, without law, there can be no wisdom. And again, I'll quote Proverbs 1 verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hmm. If we don't have the law of God, which includes natural law, uh, the, the law that holds our world together, then um, there's no uh, wisdom. Um, so notice uh, this proverb. I, I, I hope this makes my point. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. So, hmm. uh, Solomon's point is, God has hidden wisdom in creation, and man observes the world and can extract out the hidden truths there that were hidden by God for us to discover. That makes me wonder how much have we missed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Is there still, you know, is there this untapped measure of wisdom that we've yet to... Well, and I think that part of that is, you know, we're discovering things by science all the time where most people in the science community attribute that to random chance or materialism or, or whatever. But here Solomon is saying that, no... God made the world. Remember, he said okay. he made it with Lady Wisdom. Right. And so Lady Wisdom is, is in the fabric of reality, right. waiting to be discovered. Wow. That makes perfect sense. You know, they're, they used to think it was as small as an atom and as large as the universe, and now they're saying there's multiple universes, and, you know, atoms have subparticles. And so <laughs> there's no end. That's interesting. Um. Got you. So the point you're making is that God hides wisdom for the purpose of it being discovered. Yes. Okay. So that's not to say that um, all wisdom is hidden. But remember, what we were right. talking about in the preamble Solomon's uh, explanation of why he wrote the book. When you become wise, then you can discover more wisdom. And then you can understand riddles and proverbs and sayings. And the more you learn, the more you can learn. Is this this because if we had it just handed to us on a silver platter, then we wouldn't care. But since we have to dig for it, we're going to have more value. Uh, It's going to mean more to us. Is that something like that or... I don't know the answer to that question, Jonathan, <laughs> but I, you're probably right. And the fact that God has given us this curiosity that you were talking about 
to me, that implies that he intends us to use it. Hmm. I remember somebody told me one time <laughs> that they, they believed in something because uh, logically that's, that's what the conclusion was. And I said, well, brother, you know, we shouldn't use logic. We should use scripture. And his reply was, but God gave me logic. And I thought, <laughs> oh, that, that's actually really good. <laughs> because it'd be really easy to dismiss logic and, and, and promote ignorance. And his point was that I think, kind of like with this, it is natural for me to use this God-given ability to make a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we talked about that in a previous podcast. Did we really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I only have about 10 stories. And I just share them over and over and over again. So uh, my listeners probably roll their eyes of all the times I've said the same thing. Maybe somebody who's familiar with the Proverbs is going to be thinking about times when it appears like it's either a contradiction or an exception or something. And so a question I might have and a big section that, that you discuss is on exceptions. And the, the question is, are Proverbs always true or are they something else that's meant to teach a lesson? I think that's a great question. And I think probably the best example we can come up with is Proverbs uh, 22 and verse 6, where it okay. says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I think there's very many parents in our brotherhood who sadly their children have grown up and, and tragically they've left the, left the faith. And these parents are often, they, they read this passage and, and perhaps they're thinking, maybe I didn't train them up in the, the, the way that he should go. Is it my fault? Mm. And I think we can't do that to ourselves. Proverbs Amen. isn't designed to be uh, all the answers to life. It's, it's designed to give us the, the, the general reality, the, the, what usually happens, right. the usual rule, right. but there are exceptions to this. And I think the best way to illustrate that is by the better than proverbs. Okay. So there are a lot of proverbs uh, that show how things generally work. Um, the, so Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 8, for example, it says, Better is a little with righteousness than vast revenues without justice. So, I mean, Proverbs has talked about how blessings come through righteousness and the fear of the Lord and, uh, and wickedness brings to ruin. But it's saying, it's admitting here that that doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is we live in a broken world. Mm-hmm. In a perfect world, then perhaps that would always happen. Yeah. But we live in a fallen world and there is sin and there's trouble, there's ignorance, there's malice, there's evil. There's all sorts of things that could go wrong and, and oftentimes they do. And uh, Proverbs is admitting that it's, it's better to have a little but have righteousness mm-hmm. than to have a lot without justice. Um, despite the apparent lack of justice uh, that occurs sometimes, the way of wisdom is better than the way of folly. What happens though when the when you pursue the way of wisdom and just absolute tragedy strikes? I mean, surely I can I can appreciate general this 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 general mindset that generally speaking, you train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from that. Generally speaking, 
Um, it's better to have a little with righteousness, et cetera. But, but there's times when it feels like life just obliterates mm-hmm. your reality. Yes. And you did everything right, and then I, it's just an explosion. So are we to... I, I guess, is there scriptures that, that explain what you do whenever that happens? Well, I think this brings us back to our discussion at the beginning of the podcast about what is the purpose of this book. Okay. We need to look at the whole of the book rather than just taking this one proverb about uh, training up a child as he should go. Okay. The purpose of the book is steering people with the right perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's saying that Wisdom is better than folly. Righteousness is better than sin. Mm-hmm. Follow righteousness. It will bring you blessing. It will take you to God. Folly will lead you to ruin and disaster and condemnation uh, in the end. Sometimes things get thrown up in the air. There's, there's chaos in the world and the unexpected happens. But Proverbs is there to teach us the perspective. But it's not the only book in the Bible, right? Right. There are questions that Proverbs leaves unanswered, like you're talking about, what happens when tragedy strikes, and we've got the rest of the Bible to answer that. I think, in particular, Job discusses the problem of human suffering. Mm -hmm. What happens when, through no fault of your own, tragedy strikes? Mm -hmm. Well, Job is written for that end. And Ecclesiastes, that describes the transient nature of life, that how is there any meaning although there's death and suffering in the world right. and injustice. And so those books help us to understand when things go wrong. I'm glad to hear that, uh, both about books like Job and Ecclesiastes, but also the limits of, of Proverbs, because we've spent that time building our foundation and we appreciate what it's there for. That means it, it won't let me down if I try to misuse it. Because people will misuse them, and then that's when they feel confused because it didn't come true. Well, we don't go to the Gospels and expect the Gospel of Matthew to teach us how to go about every element of worship in the the church assembly. Right. Because that's not why it's written. Uh, We know we can learn some things about uh, worship in Matthew, but we have to go to the epistles to to learn the rest of the story. I think it's the same in Proverbs. Sure. It's, It's written for a purpose which means we go to it for a purpose and we need to look elsewhere for for other reasons. Okay. Well, let me ask this question. Um, For the Bible student who enjoys finding Jesus Christ in all of the scriptures before he came and then, you know, the scriptures after Jesus, when the the epistles, it's very, you know, obvious that they're writing about the Lord, the resurrected Lord. But there's a special joy when you study the Old Testament and you find Jesus in unexpected places. But Proverbs, it seems like these pithy statements are, are going to be about general life. So where's Jesus in all this? I think that is the important question anytime we open our Bibles. Where is Jesus? Uh, I think that really that's my passion in reading the Old Testament is looking for Jesus. My favorite uh, favorite couple of verses are in Luke chapter 24. Um, so we're going a little bit off script here, but okay. that's okay. So um, remember when um, Jesus has resurrected and two of his followers are walking dejectedly away from Jerusalem. They have, he hasn't appeared to them yet. And they go on that road to Emmaus. Right. And 
the gospel writer says that Jesus approached them, but they didn't recognize them. And, and, he, and he notices their downcast faces and say, what's going on? And they say, have you been living under a rock? Are, the, are you the only person in Jerusalem who doesn't know about these things? And he says, what things? And so they tell him everything about Jesus. And then um, Luke 24 and verse 25. Then he said to them, this is Jesus, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to think about, yeah, Moses. So Moses prophesied about uh, the prophet who was to come. And the prophets, you know, there's a lot of messianic prophecies in, in the prophets in the Old Testament. But he says, in all the scriptures. Now, man, if, if I could go back to any time and in history, I'd, I'd like to go back and hear that sermon. <laughs> Jesus explaining himself from the scripture, all the scriptures. Yeah. And I firmly believe that that means that in every book of the Bible, we can find Jesus. And that includes Proverbs. <clears throat> Although, I will admit, it is difficult to find <laughs> Jesus because of the, the kind of different nature of proverbs um but i think we've already kind of alluded to it that um jesus used a lot of wisdom in his teaching and not just uh something that is wise but wisdom in the sense that uh proverbs defines it um some scholars have said that up to 70 percent of jesus teaching can be classified as wisdom literature not just hmm. proverbs but parables beatitudes uh, and um, numerical statements. Right. Uh, he, he uses this wisdom literature in his teaching a lot. Um, Jesus says in uh, Matthew chapter 12 that greater than Solomon is here when he's condemning the cities that he's preached in. Jesus is uh, comparing himself to, to Solomon. Solomon was known for his wisdom, but Christ uh, embodied wisdom to a greater extent. Um, Solomon taught uh, young people to live in a, a wise life, but Jesus lived a life of perfect wisdom. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you, you already mentioned Colossians, Colossians chapter one, verses uh, fifteen through seventeen. It says uh, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. So we talked about God in creation used lady wisdom, and here we have Jesus is the creator. All things were created for him and by him. And there's kind of a strange parallel here to Lady Wisdom, there in creation and used in creation, and Jesus, the Word, who is there in creation and used in creation. Now, that's not to say that Jesus is Lady Wisdom. That's definitely not what I'm trying to say here, because right. Jesus is a person. He's deity, but he's a person, and Lady Wisdom is just personified. You can't right. personify a person, mm. but there's a parallel being drawn between uh Jesus and wisdom. I think it would be more correct to say that uh, wisdom personifies Jesus or uh, typifies rather Jesus. Jesus is wisdom to its greatest extent. 
Well, I think in John 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. And so he he was more than just, um, you know, an example of the Word, but he was the Word. So it is, now you've got me kind of confused, maybe because it's getting late, but uh, <laughs> he is wisdom personified. Um. Wisdom is Jesus typified. Typified. What's the difference? Well, uh, Jesus is greater than wisdom. So okay. uh, the the all the blessings and the uh, greatness of wisdom was looking forward to Jesus, mm-hmm. who is greater than it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But okay. if if Jesus. Uh, personified means it's those characteristics put in a person. Right. But Jesus is greater than that. that makes sense. You know, uh, a good rule of thumb that I've been taught is not to go looking for Jesus as, oh, this this is about Jesus, or this is uh, obviously him in the Old Testament if it has not been enlightened by the new. Mm -hmm. That we we use the new, because Jesus it says in John chapter 1 that uh, Moses brought the law, but but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, and that there is this enlightenment that comes to the Old Testament based on Jesus' teaching and the apostles' clarification. And so to go through the Proverbs and say, oh, well, this one's clearly, uh, this is Jesus right here because I think so. Mm-hmm. If the New Testament hasn't used, hasn't quoted it or cited it, then be careful. Yes. Is my advice. But there are times when the Proverbs are quoted in the New Testament, not necessarily about like, this is Jesus, but it's used to explain the need for Jesus. Yes. And how it's wisdom literature, yes. but it talks about how there is no, there is none righteous, no, not one. And it quotes, I think, four or five different. I think that's the Psalms. I think those are Psalms. Yeah. Got my Bible series workbook here that has Jesus in every book of the Bible. Brilliant. And I break it down because he's not in every book by name. Right. But I have it as these five different types of criteria. Right. So you have Jesus is a identified, seen, or referenced to as a sacrifice or a priest element, a kingdom, a reign or covenant element, a depravity of a world without a Messiah. So it's not necessarily about Jesus, but it's just this observation that without the Messiah coming, the world would be dark. Mm -hmm. Well, that's Ecclesiastes, right? There you go. The lineage or life history of the Messiah is mentioned, or then types, where it's specifically, and then in the New Testament it uses antitype. And so for Proverbs, I had uh, that third one, the depravity of a world without the Messiah and or the need for a Messiah. Proverbs 20, verse 9 says, Who can say, I have made my heart clean, I am pure from my sin? Mm-hmm. And so it's this rhetorical question of no one can say that. And so uh, for what it's worth, that would that would be my addition to your study is that um, I can't find him by name, but I can find a need mm-hmm. that only he can fill. Yeah, I, I really like that. I think, um, I guess to, to wrap up where we see Jesus in um, Proverbs, I, th- I think you've made a good summary there of not just Proverbs, but the whole Bible, the whole Old Testament. But I think, um, you know, we talked about these two ways, how that's 
Solomon's really emphasizing that at the beginning and expects us to use that as the lens for the rest of his book. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what Jesus taught. Yeah, He says in, um, in uh, Matthew chapter 7, 13 and 14, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Right. And there are many who go by. Right. Could, uh, go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. There are few who find it. There's two gates that we can go through, Jesus says. We can go through the one that's difficult but leads to the reward. There's few who go into it or the one that's easy that looks enticing but leads to destruction. That's exactly what Solomon was preaching, that there's two ways. The ways of lady wisdom mm-hmm. is difficult. Mm-hmm. You have to be studious and you, you have to give, make sacrifices, but it leads to blessing and to God. And or there's the, the way of folly that looks enticing, but it leads to destruction and ignorance and darkness and stumbling. And Jesus is preaching the same thing that Solomon did. Yeah. And, you know, the, the topics that Jesus preaches, there are so many similarities to what uh, Solomon preaches. I, I know. What I want to do, you have a, a chart here of the, the topics addressed in the Proverbs that are specifically connected to the Sermon on the Mount. So I'm going to, I'm the audience who's listening to this, I'm going to try to do a screenshot and put it on my website where this podcast is. So pureandsimplebible.com backslash podcast and then find uh, Proverbs, the beginning of wisdom. If it's not there, you have to hold me accountable. <laughs> by texting and harassing me and saying, why haven't you put it up there? But Jamie's done a really good job of organizing, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven ways that the Sermon on the Mount is uh, connected to the Proverbs. Mm -hmm. That's that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So are we going to leave that as an enticement to go to the website? Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) So the other thing that I've... Uh, that I've just thought about, Lady Wisdom standing in the street saying, um, come to me, where Jesus cries out, come to me, ye who are uh, weary, because uh, my, take your yoke upon you. Ooh, I feel the dopamine <laughs> washing over my brain yeah. because I think of Jesus in Matthew 23 saying, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how... I have longed to gather you under my wings like a, a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you are unwilling. Yes. And it's like wisdom has been, I've been calling out to you mm-hmm. and you have not answered me. Well, John chapter Ooh. seven as well. Another one on that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, can't let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus mm-hmm. is crying out in the street just mm-hmm. as... Lady Wisdom is, mm-hmm. and Jesus followed the path of wisdom. Jesus is the path of wisdom. Yes. Man, let's keep doing it. Uh, is it John chapter 14? Uh, Lord, we don't know the way, and he says, I am the way. The truth and the, and truth the life. And the life. Yeah. So, man, this is great. It's a slam dunk. Um, Jamie, let's, let's wrap this up. What would you say maybe... Uh, to conclude your thoughts for our listeners considering the book of Proverbs? I think um, Proverbs is a very useful book. Uh, It's, well, I mean, obviously it is because if it wasn't useful, then God wouldn't have put it in the Bible, right? (laughs) Right. But it's something that's useful to us. It's it's a practical book. It helps us with our perspective, especially with 
with young people. Now, I feel like uh, I'm not really in a, a strong place to talk about young people being a young man myself. Mm-hmm. But as I get older, I am slowly getting experiences <laughs> sure. and learning and losing some of my naivety. And I'm seeing that how important it is to have the correct perspective from the beginning. Right. And that there are many men and women who have lived hard lives and who have got this wisdom that's that's is hard earned, but God and Solomon are giving us this perspective to teach our young people at the beginning of the lives. Follow God. God is the way of wisdom, the way of righteousness. Your life will be better if you follow God. Mm-hmm. And even if tragedy strikes, mm-hmm. you can rely on him in this life and the next. Mm-hmm. However, the, the opposite is those enticements, those things that look so, uh, so appealing to follow the passing pleasures of sin that only leads to ruin and despair and to darkness. And what is it that we read at the beginning that um, the, the wicked walk in darkness and they don't, don't know what they stumble over. Mm-hmm. So Proverbs is a practical book, not just in the, to the Old Testament Jews, but to Christians as well. Right. And we can learn about the ways of God and how to live righteously before him. Well, I am better for this con- from this conversation. It's been so healthy for me. I look forward to one of the great things about being the host is I get to plunder the notes of so many. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I look forward to getting to put some of the things we've talked about in my Bible in the margins with a, just a pencil and, and writing down the structure, et cetera. So thank you very much for coming in the studio, joining me here and uh, talking shop about Proverbs for going on two hours. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I just want to say that I enjoyed it so much. Uh, I did not intend to speak for this long, <laughs> but I've had an absolute blast just talking about scriptures with you. I yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, I guess you got your work cut for you <laughs> trying to cut <laughs> cut out enough to make it a, into a good couple episodes. Well, But I, I really enjoy talking Bible with you, brother. Thank you. I do as well. Until the next time. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jamie, for coming into the studio. Grateful for that conversation. It was a wonderful one. It really got me excited, even though we did record late at night. Uh, Jamie came in, I think it was around 8.30, and we ended up talking for nearly two hours, which for me is about an hour past my bedtime. But it was a very exciting conversation and uh, compelling. I learned a lot, and so I stayed awake. Now, Jamie and Elizabeth recently bought a house about a mile south of us, so having family close by is a real treasure, and thankfully Jamie did not have very far to drive after we discussed the book of Proverbs that night. But uh, I hope that the conversation translated well for you, the listener. Uh, Even though it may have been late for us recording, I hope it is a fresh and compelling Bible conversation for you as you study through the book of Proverbs on your own. So, I hope you got good notes. If you didn't and you want to go, you can check out these podcast episodes. They're available on the website, pureandsimplebible.com, if you haven't already subscribed to the app on your listening app of choice. Then go to the website, pureandsimplebible.com, find out where it's located. You can listen to the whole series all over again and all the other series that are available for you to download and listen to absolutely free, along with all the content on Pure and Simple Bible. So check it out. 
And until next time, this is Jonathan Edwards. Always remember, God loves you very much, and I do too. We're willing. See you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you. Well, Israel's in some trouble.